Hello everybody, welcome all travelers of the Forgotten Realms. This is Loot, Adventure and Mischief. This is the DM Worser Fiber speaking. I hope everybody's having an amazing day today. I know that things have been going crazy all over the world, but just letting you know that this is a place where you can come and let it all just disappear because we aren't even on Earth anymore. At this point, we are in the world of D&D. Anyways, so... Uh, right along with uh, last episode, we are going over the player's handbook um, in these uh, in this six episode uh, mini series. And what we'll basically be doing in each episode, uh, not long episodes, we're just going to be going over uh, kind of like the table of contents, so to speak. And uh, instead of me just giving you like a oh, character, this is what chapter four has. Uh, I'll be giving you little tidbits of info for that. Um, so we're going to go ahead and start right along. Uh, on today's episode, we're going to be going over some of the stuff that kind of gives your character a little bit more depth. Um, as far as what kind of character they are, their personality traits. Now, if you don't have a clear picture as to what you would like your character to behave or in a certain way that you might think they behave this is what this goes over and it's basically like personalities and backgrounds and what's cool is that in on episode or on episode on chapter 4 page 121 uh it gives you a random height and weight thing so like it gives you for example like a uh, human race is usually the base height is starts at four feet eight inches um and then you can even if you would like to and you want to try to make this as like close to the book it even tells you the height modifier which is 2d tons and that's going to be sort of like your uh like for example if you roll and you get the 2d tons that it's like a 40 or the the ones that looks like a 10 the the ones with the single digits that's gonna kind of like tell you how tall it is um for a uh, dwarf a uh, hill dwarf it says its base is three eight but you can modify it by using uh two d fours and that's that's on on page one twenty one and I like that about this it also gives you um sort of ways to play with your heights as well uh moving on to the next page it goes on to alignment and it this basically is like another one of those character traits that everybody talks about are you a lawful good are you a true neutral are you a chaotic good you know it, it's stuff like that in it goes through all of the alignments on there like the uh, the nine alignments available um on page 222 or 122 and it even gives you sort of like this, uh, the character details of Tika and Artemis. And you'll find those kind of scattered along this this section of the book. But that's because that's the example that they're wanting to give you that they could best use to clarify what's going on with this stuff. And then uh, alignment in the multiverse is also a part of this page. Um, personality, uh, personal characteristics. Uh, are some of the things that you can either come up with or you know you could um 
you could roll for them if you want to make your own sheet with your own with your own personal characteristics personality traits and what they mean by personality traits is like I personally I like the the whole like um, I believe I discussed it with one with another DM slash player and he had told me that one of his characters didn't believe in ghosts which is really amazing because you know there's some instances in D&D where you like to fight nothing but ghosts which would have been an, an amazing encounter to have witnessed but uh I digress this whole chapter chapter 4 basically like lets you know like you know this is this is how I can add more gravy to my character. Um, another way to, and this, and I like the fact that right after personality and backgrounds being chapter four, and it gives you like the backgrounds of, of what you can, you know, what you can be. You can be like an acolyte. Um, there are, you know, there's, there's a charlatan. And it's cool because if you decide to do a charlatan, uh, it even gives you like a d6 so you can roll as to what kind of scams you like to like play on people so like for example uh you are in the city and your character your your party is completely out of money well the charlatan knows how to basically just make money out of scamming people and that's the cool thing it gives you a d6 scam chart and rolling a six shows that i convince people that worthless junk is worth their hard-earned money so he that you could be like a master salesman as a charlatan um and there are just pages and pages on the backgrounds like for example if you choose to be a sage um you could do like a specialty uh, and to determine the nature of your scholarly training roll a d8 to choose from the options in the table below and I'm reading directly out of the player's handbook at this point it is this one is on page 137 and it's got the d uh, the d8 which is like you know like what do you specialize in as a sage so you're an astronomer uh, discredited academic oh wow a discredited academic and they even have a wizard's apprentice on there so it gives you so much to be able to add into your character and what your character is about before your character even starts communicating with anything and that's what i like about this uh the player's handbook is that it gives you all of those avenues to play with alongside your class and race. Um, the next chapter that we're going to be discussing is uh, the equipments chapter, chapter five. Now, a lot. Oh, wow. Okay, there's, so there's a lot to go over here, especially if you are a DM that wants to play the weight rules. You know, you can only carry so much items. You can carry, you can only carry so much. On page 143 is where the chapter begins. You start out with starting wealth by class. So if you're a barbarian and you're starting out with no equipment, nothing whatsoever, um, 
or even if your DMs are like, here, have all this equipment, this is one of those uh, jumping off points where you can be like, okay, so as a monk, I am coming at you with five D4 gold points. Or if you are, let's see who usually comes in with more gold points. Uh, if you're a paladin, you're coming in with 5d4 times 10 gold points. So you're coming in with, with a bit of cash starting out. Um, but that's if you decide to, to start that way. Uh, and then it even has the coinage right next to the uh, starting wealth by class chart. And it explains to you the copper pieces, the gold, um, platinum, and the uh, basically how many copper pieces you need to make one platinum, if that makes sense. Um, holy moly. So this is uh, the, the selling treasures on the next page and some of the pages coming afterwards. Um, that is going to be de definitely DM heavy, I would say, because that's... Uh, that's something that you're going to have to abide by and keep consistent with. Is if you're giving. Sorry for the yawning, guys. I'm recording this super, super early. And, oof. Anyways, so. Starts off, gives you selling treasure um, on page 144. And it basically runs down what's, what's going down. Um, this is the start of when it goes into like light armor and all of your armors um along with all of your weapons and, and you know and equipment there are awesome little tidbits of information the one thing that you would like to that i would like to focus on is on page 145 you get a chart of the armor class of the armor how much it costs the armor class, now the armor class of the AC is basically like the boost that it's going to give to how, uh, to your armor class. And that's the, the number that people roll against to, uh, to be able to damage you. Um, and of course the next, on the next little thing is strength to see if it gives you disadvantage or advantage on stealth. And then obviously the weight, which on this page, it looks like the heaviest thing in here, which is also the most expensive thing. Um, and the thing that gives you the best armor class is a plate. And that thing is 65 pounds, so it's, it's quite heavy. Um, weapons. Weapons! Everybody wants to beat the crap out of somebody with a weapon, be it a mace, be it a flail, be it a, uh, you know, dropping some caltrops. Be, or even if you just want to like you know just want to like use unarmored strike Cause I think unarmored strike is basically like your strength and a d4 but that's 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 how I play unarmored strike um but yeah no on page 49 you've got your base weapons non-magical run-of-the-mill weapons and then you've got their name cost their damage their weight and obviously their properties and this uh this these couple pages right here um they basically run down what's going on as far as your weapons go and that's gonna be i mean i oh 
Oof. So much to go through. So little time. Let's move on. We are looking at the adventure gear now. And this is going to be right on the next page. Page 150. The one thing that I want that I want to take away from this the most is... I mean, you've got your adventuring gear. The chart right there on page 50. The one thing that... Honestly, though, like... Because you're only going to be using that page if you're selling or buying stuff like that it's it's just as simple you know like let's say for example uh you need gold or you need a pouch bam right there pouch five uh silver point and it weighs one pound so that's gonna be more for like if your dm tells you okay you're in the shop uh everything you find on 150 is everything the shop has excluding whatever he doesn't want you to buy um the next part the meat of this page 151 what's in a burglar's pack what's in a diplomat's pack the dungeoneer's pack the entertainer's pack the explorer's pack the priest pack and the scholar's pack now your games always start out with giving you an equipment pack this explains what's in every single one of them that way you know what you're carrying around sometimes i even forget that my players have these packs and I just put them through the willy-nilly instead of making them think and consider what's in these mamma jammas. Um, as players, this is going to be important, personally. As DMs, this is going to be something that I am trying my damnedest to keep in the forefront. That way, oh, hey, I can put them through something that needs them to have... Uh, let's see, like, here in the Dungeoneer's pack, 10 pittance. Or, ha or the, the fact that he, he's got 10 torches, or this character would have 10 torches in the Dungeoneer's pack, obviously the torches are going to burn out. So that's an el another element that you can keep in mind while you're, um, while you're exploring, while you're putting your adventurers through this. Now, I've mentioned that Everybody's got some sort of a weight limit if you're carrying if you're doing a weight limit. Right here on page 153, you have basically the uh, the carry the container capacity for some of the stuff that you'll be using as containers. Like for example, a pot or iron, according to this holds one gallon of liquid. And then a sack is one cubic foot or 30 pounds of gear. So you've got, you know, oh, right there, you already have 30 more pounds that you can carry. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Um, now, between pages, between pages 151 and 153, you also have uh, quick, little, uh, quick little descriptions of some of the things that... Uh, that are very commonly used, like for example, the potion of healing. A character who drinks a magical red fluid in this vial regains 2d4 plus 2 hit points. Drinking or administering a potion takes an action. So it gives you a quick rundown of some of the stuff that, uh, that you can buy, like for example, on that adventurer's gear page. Uh, it gives you just quick little rundowns of what they are, what they can do, and what they're used for. Um, if you're using, like, if, if, if you're using any of these, having that page 153 
151 through 153 is awesome to have bookmarked, personally. So, moving on on this chapter, we also have the tools. Tools, I mean, sometimes your spells require you, or sometimes your actions, doing anything, requires you to use tools. Um, if you're a DM, like myself, you're not going to be able to pick a lock if you do not have a thief's tool. Like, I'm sorry. Like, the thief's tools, or if you don't have the necessary tools for that. Like, for example, this one is a set of lock picks, a small a mirror mounted on a metal handle, and a set of narrow-bladed scissors, and a pair of pliers. Like, obviously, some that, that stuff is going to be used to picking locks. If you don't have some of that stuff in one of my games... You're not going to be able to pick the lock. I'm sorry. Uh, and that's because it, ju it just comes with the territory, you know? Um, and that right there, uh, all of the, like, for example, tools, the tools that you can use, alchemist supplies, potter's tools, um, the gaming sets, you even have the forgery kit. That is found in uh, basically right there in page 150, 154. And it goes down, uh, and it goes down the list as well. So, for example, it gives you uh, the artist's tools, the disguise kit, forgery kit, gaming set, herbalism kit, the musical instrument, the navigator's tools, the poisoner's kit, and the thief's tools. Those are all listed, and they are all explained on that page right there. Uh, now, I personally don't really use. Next is uh, the mountain vehicles on page on chapter five. I personally don't use mounts or vehicles really, unless it's like a ship. But that's like about the best I've done. Um, but if you are really huge into chase scenes, if you're really, as a DM, if you like setting up chase scenes or even uh, like that chase after the heist, um, this is a really, really, really good, uh, really good set of pages because it just lists out everything that uh as far as mounts goes and they've got the mounts and other animals and like i said you know they've got the tax harnesses and john vehicles so i mean you know heist you're gonna need a getaway vehicle right there um it also even like underneath it it's got the westbourne vehicles um those right there they I mean, the only one that I've ever used is a sailing ship, and that's about it. I've never really used any of, like, the mounts yet, but, you know, I'm, all, I'm a DM, so I'm cooking stuff up all the time. Uh, but anyway, so that's what you can find in those little areas. And then further on, on Chapter 5, you get the trinkets. Now, this is just a list of all of the trinkets that, that, you know, if you want to roll for to see if, like, it's a trinket that would maybe hold some sort of significance in your history, whether in DMs, whether you're using it as a trinket that, you know, something, or, you know, as loot from a dropped enemy. Uh, this page right here is going to give you all that 
that nice info about that. So for example, like a trinket, if you're rolling a D100 for a trinket and you roll a 59, according to the hands book, like that particular find is going to be a rabbit's foot. Um, or for example, 93, an empty wine bottle bearing a pretty label that says, the Wizards of the Wines Winery, Red Dragon Crush. 31, 33, 14, 22, W. So I think that that's, like, that's really awesome that they give you that stuff. Um, oh my gosh. This. Whew. This book is amazing. And even just those two chapters, chapters four and five, uh, they have so much information for you. And... The last chapter that I wanted to go over through on this episode was going to be chapter six. And chapter six is like the multi-class, you know, multi-classing and customization options. You've got multi-class, you've got, you know, the proficiency bonuses if you decide to do multi-class. This is what I like about multi-classing, though. There are prerequisites for you to to go into multi-classing. For example, you can't be a druid if you have less than a than a wisdom ability score of 13. Like it, it's impossible. If you don't have a wisdom score of 13, you can't multi-class into a druid. And it's a, it, it's similar to a lot of other uh, a lot of the other classes, like for example, a barbarian, you need a strength 13 to be a barbarian. Or a sorcerer, you need a charisma 13. Uh, if you don't have that, can't multi-class. Um, on this first page of chapter 6, multi-classing example, that guy right there, that's going to show you basically like what their best description of going into multi-classing is. Um, you get how you get the experience points, uh, you get hit points and die points, or hit points and hit dice, proficiency bonuses. It spells it out for you right here. Um, and even on the next, uh, on the next few pages looking forward, it just gives you the multi-class proficiencies, class features, um, all of the stuff that you would need to go into multi-classing uh, and leveling up. Now, as you level up, you will eventually be allowed to put more points into your ability scores, which is, you know, your Wisdom 13 or your Strength 16 or however you allocated your, uh, your ability scores. Um, when you level up at a certain point, you can add those or you can go into your feats. Now, feats re are basically representative of a talent or an expertise or special capabilities that your your you know that your character learned along the way. And this is really awesome cuz like for example, I like to basically if it comes down to a feat, I usually ask my players like, "Well, how did you learn that feat in the time that you leveled up from this time to this time?" And that's when, to me, that's when players can literally, like, come up with that, like, well, you know, that, that, that background to them as we're playing the game. And that, like, I love feats. There are some feats that are crazy good, like the lucky feat. And you will hear the lucky feat mentioned 
a lot. But that, because that's, oh my gosh. All right, so for everybody who is uh, who who is, is new to D&D and is old to D&D and all the DMs, you've heard, hopefully you've heard of Lucky at least once. But I'm going to go ahead and read it out to y'all uh, just so everybody knows what's going down. This is on page 167 of the Player's Handbook, uh, 5th edition. Lucky, quote, you have an er, inexplicable luck. I can't read. You have inexplicable luck that seems to kick in just at the right moment. You have three luck points. Whenever you make an attack roll, an ability roll, or a saving throw, you can spend one lucky point to roll an additional d20. You can choose to spend one of your luck points after you roll the die, but before the outcome is determined. You choose which of the d20s is used for the attack roll, ability check, or saving throw. You can also spend one luck point when an attack roll is made against you, roll a d20, and then choose whether the attack uses the attacker's roll or yours. If more than one creature spends a luck point to influence the outcome of a roll, the points cancel each other out. No additional dice are rolled. You you regain your expended luck points when you finish a long rest. So I think that that's... Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Hey, DM. I don't like your roll. Snooch. There you go. So anyways, um, that was our episode's... Our episode 2, chapters 4 through 6 of the Player's Handbook. Brief description. Oh my gosh, thank you guys so much for tuning in today. It is both an honor, a pleasure, and a privilege to be reaching everybody who who tunes in. Thank y'all so much. Please, uh, I wanted to give a quick shout out to a lot of people that have been helping with the uh with this podcast uh Tristan Torian uh Brendan Baldwin Caleb Baldwin um Lauren Aguilar uh and and everybody that has been donating to our GoFundMe um you can find that in our description uh we have a Patreon page now uh I will post a link to it as soon as possible we also have a facebook page now uh loot adventure and mischief um we are dedicatedly working on bringing y'all guys more content um on getting y'all guys some awesome awesome podcast merch please please go like our facebook page go like our uh, or go follow us on youtube uh it's we're barely starting out um, listen to us on Spotify, on Bullhorn, and I forget if it's like Apple Music or Apple iTunes. I don't care. I'm not an Apple person, but people are, and I still respect y'all for that. But anyways, thank y'all so much for dropping by. You guys are amazing. Uh, big things to come. Take care, and as always, I hope the gods of the die are with you. Y'all take care, be safe, and stay amazing. This is Loot Adventure and Missy. Signing off.